next week I have a very very exciting guest. I'll give you one clue. Radio. So his voice is just exponentially smoother and you'll hear it. You'll hear his amazing amazing voice. So that's all next week. But for now, it is time for another episode of White Stripe Uncensored. So in this episode, I talked about a bunch of things actually. I talked about I talked about commitment and dating and what I think about timelines and we discussed a bit on why I took political science and the route that I took. I know that there's a lot more questions that have like that touched on these topics for me, but I decided to focus on a few and from here I think that a lot more questions could be built up. I'm really excited for this. I also talked about what I do when I'm feeling down or how I feel like I have to crawl out of things. How I did that. Up next. All right, I found I find this one quite interesting. All right, do you think Okay, we're going to go in a bit into like relationships. Um, do you think there should be an unofficial amount of time to get to know somebody before lifelong commitment? So I'm assuming that's um, engagement to marriage or are you talking about marriage? Oh, no, sorry. It says your marriage. I've known someone who's getting married after 1.5 years of dating the partner. And while I think all relationships are different and should be respected and treated as such, it's hard for me personally to grasp the idea of spending less than two years with somebody and learning enough about them to commit. All right. To answer the first question about the 1.5 years, I don't think that's I don't think that's too short. I think that's fine. Well, it depends where you are in life. Are you are you already like 28 or are you 18? Because those are two very different things. All right, so I'm going to assume that these two friends of yours who have been dating for 1.5 years and are about to get married, I'm going to assume that they're both adults who earn. Or at least one of them earns a good amount to get married. Because the, the question is not necessarily if it's okay. It's, it's about the years that they spent together. So they spent 1.5 years of dating and they're about to get married, and it's hard for you personally to grasp the idea of spending less than two years with somebody and learning enough about them to commit. All right. I think it's fine. 1.5 years, that's fine. Depends on how well the years were, the 1.5 years were handled, right? Are you just having good times, or are you having real, or were they having real conversations? Were they talking about kids and finances and rent and businesses or and jobs and all that stuff happening in their life or were they just fooling around were, were they just oh you're you're cute i'm cute like let's take pictures and show everybody so i can't tell how good the 1.5 years were or how much they have chemistry but i don't think that's that's too short i've known people that have on both sides, I've known people who have, who have been who dated for ten years, and then got married, and then I've known also people who dated less than a year and got married. They're both fine. I don't think it's necessarily the time that you take before the marriage, but it's the commitment 
and the willingness to learn and the willingness to adjust and the willingness to love during the marriage. And that's hard. But are they willing to go through that commitment? Because it sounds like you're having a hard time because you, you don't know if you know them enough or if, that was, if you were in the position of your friend, if you would know that person enough in less than two years. Personally, I think that that's, that, that timetable is fine. It's not, again, it's not about how many years you spent before getting married. It's about the, your character and your partner's character when you're married. That matters a lot more. And I'm not married, but just, this is just basing it off on what I believe and the people I know and the experiences that I've seen with my own eyes. So just to answer that question, that's what I think about it. I think 1.5 years is fine. If you want to spend more time to get to know somebody, go for it. But I think, I think two years is like, you won't, know, you won't get to know someone completely, ever. Ever. So it's about a choice. We're going to talk about failure. I'm excited because I, I kind of love this topic. I mean, I kind of like it because you guys ask a lot of things. And my general theme for this is, quote-unquote, failure or moving on or things didn't work out the way you wanted it to. I'm going to go to another one. Hey, Trey, it's Miguel from The Bench back in college. So for those who don't know The Bench, there was this thing in my batch in my college in De La Salle University, CLA, College of Liberal Arts, where in my batch, there was like this group of... So there was this group of um, psych students that they were just like this really, really big group of friends. And... They would like kind of like adopt different people from different um, courses. So if you knew someone from the bench, they'd be like, hey, let's hang out on the bench. So you go there, you meet everybody. You can leave your stuff there while you do anything else. It was pretty fun because it was so consistent. Every day I went to class. Every day I went to college. So during that time, if I wanted to talk with somebody, I could go to the bench because almost it was almost always occupied by somebody because you have a group of like 20, 30 different people. And of course you have the different um, break time and you have the different, all that stuff. So people during their breaks would hang out in that bench and the breaks would, would stagger on top of each other. So there would always be someone there. So you can leave yourself. You can do whatever you want. Like just go there. Anyway, so that's the story of the bench. I'm going to, I'm going to go through the whole question again. Hey, Trey, it's Miguel S. from The Bench back in college. I know you'll probably get a bunch on more spicy personal stuff, but I'm honestly intrigued by how you got such a drive for startups and projects just like this. So as a former fellow project startupper, could you tell us about a time you had a project that didn't push through or didn't go the way you intended and still hit a sensitive spot whenever it comes to mind? How'd you go about dealing with it? And what did you learn from it that helped you move on forward? All right. There's a lot here. I do like starting things. It's my, I think it's my strength and one of my weaknesses because I like starting things. And then maintaining it is where I find difficulty. But I, I get the question. So as a, former, as a former fellow starter operator, could you tell us about the time that the project didn't push through? Okay. So I've had... I've had different kinds of projects and businesses, right? I've had, um, and some of them are still kind of running, but I just decided to put them aside. 
so I have a, I have the content producing side, which is everyday content, posters, um, videos, all that stuff. Uh, for other companies and brands, which I did for a while, a pizza company, I did it for for a, a barber shop, like a really nice barber shop, and I did all that. And I even do websites for. I did one for a hotel <clears throat> quite recently, so I still do that. But it didn't go the way I intended to because it didn't grow how I initially thought I wanted it to. I wanted it to go so well, you know. But sometimes it just doesn't. We had to we had to pay a bunch of fees and stuff and rent and people and <clears throat> basically it didn't work out. We had some clients that um ghosted us and that's true, that's a real thing. So to all my creatives out there with the clients who ghost, I feel you. <laughs> There's this one where we already had it all sketched out. He put a deposit. Um a very, very small deposit, like five percent and or ten percent. Like it's very very small, and asked us to you know create the campaign. And the moment we created it, I sent it to him. Uh, <laughs> he left the country, and that just wasn't fun. That was very frustrating, and that kind of broke my heart. And I know it's part of the business, but I don't think you really ever like the feeling of working and not being paid for it and being ghosted about it like you didn't you didn't even say why and he still hasn't paid me he still hasn't replied to any of my emails and he's in another country so that's that i've had a i've had a bunch of different kinds of versions of apparel stores where i tried creating my own i tried selling others i tried being a distributor and I'm at this point right now where I'm not content with where it is. <clears throat> so the plan basically is to liquidate anything else I have. We, don't, we, we never know. It. it might work out eventually. But it's to liquidate what I have in this certain um, project and move on from it. But we'll see. If it goes well again, never know. It could still go on. So those are some parts where it's just like it kind of it kind of hurts when yeah, I try to remember or, or when I do remember it because I'm just like you worked hard on those for some of them I've worked on them for like six months to a year or a year and a half and when it doesn't go the way you intended to go it just hurts but what I've also learned is that I shouldn't be stuck on my first idea because your first idea, and this goes with any aspect of life, like the first idea, the first thing that you think of shouldn't necessarily be with what you stick with. If it doesn't work, move on. Try something new. Business, relationships, whatever. Do it. How do you deal with not knowing your purpose in life or in figuring out what it is you have what this you were set up so it's kind of like yeah same question how do you deal with not knowing your purpose or or how do you deal with figuring out that purpose um i think again this is very related to the first part of my story which was i wanted to be so many things before i did what i'm doing today i wanted to be a diplomat after after that i wanted to 
go to law school and then I wanted to be a local politician now and then I wanted to take business again like when I was a kid but not necessarily business business I wanted it to be like a creative thing I wanted to do content and all that stuff and now it's just I'm doing business so that's fun so purpose in life that it depends what what are you trying to do man No, really, what are, what are you trying to do? Because I don't associate my job or the way I earn money to be my purpose in life. It could be. It could be very connected, but it's not the same thing. So if you're asking me about a job, I can't answer you. Because I don't know what you're doing. But it come, when it comes to figuring things out, um, I'd say try different things. And I know we don't all have the luxury of trying out new things. But if you can, I suggest go for it. Small projects, do it. If this is something you really like, and if you're good at it, or if you're willing to become good at it, to put the effort in, try it out. You never know. So, but is it the ultimate purpose in your life? Not necessarily. Is it to make a greater impact? Is it to empower certain demographics that, have been oppressed in the past. Is that your purpose in life? Create plans for it. Because I'm really excited for it. That's the kind of purpose that I'm interested in hearing. More than just the way you earn money. Because it could go hand in hand, but it doesn't have to be. Through all your life's ups and downs, what was the most effective approach you found that helps you crawl out of the lowest times? Huh. This is interesting. This is very personal. And the lowest times of my life have been oftentimes I didn't do things how I should have. And there are some seasons that you just can't control. That's what I was going through. So certain feelings, emotions, um, anger, hurt. The most effective approach, at least for me, this won't work for everybody, but I found myself being more vulnerable with my friends not everybody but like specific friends i found myself being more vulnerable with specific friends that i knew would help me grow and wouldn't just add you know gasoline to the fire i had to suck up my pride because i can be i can be prideful so i had to suck up my pride and just Tell them what I was going through. Just tell them what I was feeling. Even though logically it might not have made sense for me to feel a certain way, I just had to tell them. Um, even though it would make me look weak or it would make me look like I am like I don't have my life under control because that's what I've been afraid of before. So I don't know how to do that. And they really helped me go through the times. For me, it was, it was so many different conversations on top of each other that helped me grow through those the lowest of times, it was me, you know, waking up and just crying out to God about what I was going through. Because um, I find myself that if I'm not crying out, if I'm not searching for a truth beyond this world, then these low times, because these low times are going to come back. It, it's just part of life. It's about who you surround yourself with and what you're anchored on. And for me personally, I am anchored to, I believe, the word of God. It's 
God himself, the Bible, people around me, just really encouraging me and helping me out. And not sugar, not like they didn't sugarcoat things to me. Like that's what I really appreciate, like the, the raw honesty of hey bro, like you're wrong here, or hey bro, this is ruining your health, or hey bro, this is doing that, or Trey, I love you, but blank, and to take and for me to not take it as criticism of me, or who I am, but if I have a relationship with them, then I can better accept that they're doing it for my sake they're not saying this to be mean but they're saying it because they genuinely believe it could help me and i could try it and it could work or it could not work but either way it's for me not to be prideful in what i did and to just ask for help because we're not built to do things alone here on earth i mean not we're not called to live alone or have a life just to ourselves i believe that we're part of um we're part of a community and an ecosystem that gives and takes from each other. And that's just what it is. Alright. Alright, I'm gonna go through the last question. There's more, but I'll be answering them next week. How do you build habits that would build your life? Any advice, especially for people who have a hard time sticking to a routine? Hmm. I kinda find this a bit hard because I'm a creature of habit, for better or for worse. <laughs> um, whether it's a good habit or a bad habit, I tend to just keep habits really easily. But, okay. Not all of it comes, like, easily, but, like, to start one, a good one, at least, start, you kind of have to start right away. You can't say, I'm doing this tomorrow. If you know that you have a hard time building up habits, if you keep saying that, if you say, oh, I'm going to read 10 chapters tomorrow, honestly, the, the tomorrow version of yourself is probably not going to read the 10, chap- or the 10 pages. Or what did they say? The amount of things that you said that, that you wanted to have or read. If you tell, your future, if you tell yourself, like, I'm going to start working out when the holidays are over, let's say it's December, and you say that, are you really going to start working out? Will it be consistent? Start when it's hard. So that when it's easy, it won't be so difficult. And I know that that sounds like it just I just <laughs> use a bunch of different words that mean the same thing. But if you keep using the excuse of it's hard to do it, then you're never going to build the habit of it. So start when it's hard to do it. So you're lazy, you want to work out, but you're lazy, start when you're lazy. So that when you're not lazy, you're going, oh, I'll work out. And then when you are lazy, you have the habit. I'm already going to work out. Do that. Reading as well, same thing. That's what I do. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I still have some bad habits um, that I need to work on. But that's just what has worked in my life. And hope it works in yours. All right, that's White Stripe Uncensored. I'll be back next week with more White Stripe Uncensored. And next week, we will be posting my interview with somebody in radio. That's up next next week, as well as another White Stripe Uncensored episode. So keep the questions coming. And if you submitted a question and I didn't answer, answer it today, um, I'll try to answer it next week. 
but so just don't don't stop keep them coming i'd love these there's so much more interesting ones that we can talk about and i hope that this helped you out somehow i'll see you next week Thank you.